I think that's what makes it a perfect maternity leave. It's like, it's completely suited to you and your personality and what you actually want. It's not what everybody else says that you need to take. Welcome to The Found Podcast with Molly Knuth, a podcast for women who are founding and getting found with their businesses online. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and my mission is to help women rewrite how we live and work on our own terms. We want to grow families, impact others for the better, and be a positive force in our communities. But we also want to have a fulfilling life, you know? In the past six years, I've gone from being a stay-at-home mom to a freelance social media marketer to a hashtag boss babe, managing client needs, talented team members, and my husband and four kiddos on our little farm here in Eastern Iowa. And what I've learned in that time is that it's not just about going full force or any one-size-fits-all strategy for a business owner. It takes you leaning into your unique gifts, intuition, and goals, and learning who you are as a person along the way to founding this business. So come along for lessons and stories from female founders growing and scaling their businesses through energetics, tried and true tactics, and high vibe personal growth. Be ready to get found. Hello there, friend. I am so excited to start this new year with you. And I know you are going to find a ton of value from today's interview with my international friend, Kylie Kelly. Kylie is from Australia, and she is a maternity leave coach. She is the podcast host of the This Mama Means Business podcast, a boy mom of two, and the founder of the Pregnant CEO brand. In today's interview, we talk about everything from Kylie's entrepreneurial experience to the very different postpartum leaves she experienced with her two sons, and how she helps CEOs and business owners plan for their own maternity leave so they don't have to feel the mom guilt and the stress of taking a step away from their business, whatever that looks like to them. Kylie's message today just really drives home the fact that as female entrepreneurs, knowing what we want is so foundational to the steps that we take going forward so that what we're doing is ultimately aligned with where we want to go. and. Beyond just Kylie's warmth and grace and personally, like her accent, just, I love it. But then we talk about how she hosted a virtual summit with 350 attendees for her very first event. And she shares with us some of the ways that she got speakers for the summit event, how she learned from her first go round and the plans she's making to help you in the event that you want to host a virtual summit of your own. So I'm going to stop introducing Kylie here. It's just such a genuinely joyful episode, and I know you're going to love it. So without further ado, let's hear from my new friend, Kylie Kelly. Kylie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and that we're making this happen. Me too. And I feel like very on brand with our topic today. Third time's the charm here. We've had a lot of different motherhood and health things that have disrupted the scheduling of this podcast, but I am so thankful. And like I said, third time's the charm. We are going <laughs> to live it up today during this interview. Are you ready? I love it. Yes. Let's get into it. Yes. All right, Kylie, I'm I've, the listeners have already had an introduction about a, a little of who you are and what you do, 
but I'm going to turn it over to you for a second and let you tell us a little bit more about your business, your brand, your family, your podcast, and kind of how it all came to be that you are a mom and an entrepreneur right now. Yeah, of course. So um, as you can probably tell from my accent, I live in Australia. So I'm just outside of Sydney in the beautiful Hunter Valley, which is like a wine region, which suits me down to a T. Um, I am a maternity leave coach. So I actually help women, um, especially self-employed women, plan and fund their own maternity leave. So I know we'll, we'll dive into a little bit of the how with that, but um, I really help them plan out what they want and, and how to do it. And then I help them fund it through a simple summit, um, a virtual summit strategy to create extra income. So that's kind of my business. So that's all under the pregnancy CEO. Um, as you mentioned, I'm, I have a podcast called This Mama Means Business, which I love. I started that at the start of the pandemic when I was feeling really alone because I couldn't see anyone. We'd moved into state. I was pregnant with my second boy and I was like, oh, it just felt really isolated. So I thought, what, what better way to connect with other women all around the world that are both entrepreneurs and mothers? So I started the podcast and it's been the biggest piece of joy and the and thing I love most in my business. So I um, put out two episodes every week with that. And as I mentioned, I'm a boy mum, so I've got two boys. So Spencer is five in December and Sam turns two in December. So December is very busy for us. But I love it. I love Christmas. I'm all about the festivities. So <laughs> we just roll with it and make it a very, very fun month. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit about me. Oh my gosh. So many things there. And I love <laughs> after listening to a few of your podcast episodes, I was like, what a unique time to be starting the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic. Because in 2020, compared to where we are now in 2022. I feel like 2020 was such a growth year for podcasts as a format. Mm -hmm. Like before the pandemic, they were known, but I feel that during those first, especially that first year, podcasts mm -hmm. grew in such popularity because as you indicated, it allowed you to, from your home, connect with people all across the world. And I love your story of how you used it as this tool of connection and what a unique time to get started. Yeah, and it really was. And I think, um, you know, we were all stuck at home, weren't we? We were all, we were all somewhere, that, not that we didn't want to be, but like it, it was very challenging for a lot of us, especially women, because we were then having to figure out how to work while we had kids at home. And um, yeah, it was my little place to escape and, and connect and not feel so alone and so isolated. Um, and then being pregnant in the mix. And that was that was fun as well. <laughs> You had a lot of things going on and still yeah. do. <laughs> oh, I love it. So tell me a little bit about your journey in business. You said now you are a maternity leave coach. Did you always aspire to be a coach or to help women in this season? I've always loved helping people, but actually I started as an entrepreneur maybe 12 years ago now um, as a wedding photographer. So rewind the clock that was my first business was a wedding photography studio um i'm really creative so i kind of fell into it when i met my husband he had all the gear and i just started shooting and i fell in love with the romantic side of weddings right and that was really fun i i definitely worked hard over 10 years i built the business up it was um international i've shot weddings in south africa and the uk and all over the place um as well as australia of course but i didn't um, I think we'll get into this a little bit, but I didn't really set the business up 
for longevity, for challenging times, right? I hadn't diversified my income or my clients in a way. I was just doing weddings. So as we mentioned, when the pandemic hit and weddings were then cancelled for like two years, I was like, Phew, what do I do now? Do I, do I want to push through? Do I want to continue this business? Because this is ultimately starting again. All my clients in a period of a couple of weeks, I, I had been booked out for about 18 months and all of those couples cancelled. So I had to find money to do refunds and it was really tough. And I still loved it, but at the same time, it was taking me away from my family on the weekends and I was having to travel a lot. And after 10 years, I still loved it, but the same passion and joy wasn't there. And I felt something within myself that something was changing, right? I, th I think it's really important to listen to what we're telling ourselves, what, what is calling us um, and what direction we want to go. And I felt this little tug that something was coming, that a transition, a change was coming. And I just decided to listen to it. And obviously I was pregnant at the same time. So it kind of lined up because when I finished my maternity leave, I was like, well, what do I want to do? Like, let's take a minute. What do I actually want to do? Like we mentioned before we started recording, like we're the CEOs of our business. We can make the rules. We can change our minds. We can do whatever we want to do. So what is that? And that's when I started to really reflect on who I wanted to help and what I wanted to do going forward. And I fell into this place of wanting to help mums, especially in this time of becoming a mother, this time of transition, this, this challenging time when we're trying to be all to everyone right when we're we're welcoming a new little baby into the life but we still want to be the wife and friend and business owner that we always were and we'll probably chat about this but i i had very different postpartums with both of my boys um the first one being challenging the second one being amazing and i wanted to show women how they could have that amazing fourth trimester that amazing postpartum and give give them permission to do that so that's how the pregnancy CEO sort of came about Oh my gosh, what an interesting journey. And a part that I wrote down in my notes here was you said, I felt something within myself. And throughout this, I felt the same thing when I transitioned from my podcast name and focus in recent months. But I really could feel what you just said. Like there's just a tug inside that was like, you're going this direction, but there's like something over here. And you just, you, it feels comfortable to keep going. I mean, I know you had pretty new circumstances with wedding photography and the impact of the pandemic, but when that tug happens, it's like, it's comfortable to stay where you were going, but like to move your head and maybe just pivot slightly or pivot fully, like it's just inside you. And you just know when it's time to make this change or make this shift. And some of us listen to that. And some of us kind of push it down for a while and think, oh, it's all right. I'll just get past that. But this tug keeps coming back. And I love that you shared that. And you shared that you said that you believe in honoring and listening to this intuition to kind of guide you on what's next. And let's just, I want to make sure uh, the, the people listening to this realize it's not always easy, right? And, and that sounds like I have all my shiz together that I listened to it and I just followed that, but I, I didn't, I pushed it down for a while. And after I finished that maternity leave with Sam, I actually went back to a corporate job thinking like, oh, let's do this for, for a little while. I was only there for like maybe three months and it was the worst three months of my life. Like it was quite a dark time. I, I suffered a lot from anxiety and I wasn't the mum or the woman I wanted to be. I had to be locked away in my office and um, I used to come out to the kids and it, it wasn't a, a great job in terms of like the people were great, but 
like I was having really difficult conversations. It was like a workers' compensation insurance job. So having to tell nurses and doctors and people that were injured at work that they weren't covered by their insurance. So it was like a lot of challenging conversations. And I hate confrontation. So it wasn't a good alignment, right? Mm -hmm. So I used to walk out of the office really um, anxious and upset. And it took me a couple of months to realize, and I felt nauseous. It was the strangest thing. My body told me, right, that it wasn't the right, it wasn't a good fit. And I felt, I felt nauseous for, for like weeks upon weeks before I resigned. The minute I resigned and said, no, 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 I need to do something that aligns with me. I need to trust myself. All of that went away. The anxiety, nauseous feeling, like the whole thing just dropped. And then it, it was like the biggest lesson for myself because up until that point, people always talk about intuition. I was like, what, what is that? Like, how do I know what to listen to? How do I really, like, what is that? Like, I, I feel like I'm not the wooiest type of person, right? So I'm all into the strategy. And so like, that was the biggest lesson of like, oh, okay. It's that gut feeling. It's that, like we said, it's that tug. It's that, that yearning. It's that excitement. It's that all, all of those emotions is kind of our intuition leading us in the direction we're meant to go, but it's not always easy. And there might be some little bumps along the way or some little corner, like don't beat yourself up if it takes you as long as it took me <laughs> to actually listen to it. Oh, I'm so glad you shared that because there's definitely a section of us, like you said, that we really want like factual and strategy and straightforward. And some of this kind of like bodily intuition signs can feel like they can be ignored or it's something else. And definitely the body keeps the score and mm -hmm. it's important to honor that. Thank you for reiterating that point. Yeah, of course. So you talked about during this time frame where you're making adjustments, going from being the wedding photographer into now you're transitioning into the potential field of being a coach for women who are postpartum or planning for postpartum. So as you reflected on your own experience in postpartum with your two sons, how did you begin to apply your own experience to what you are going to lead clients through? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, as I alluded to earlier, so when I um, had my first baby Spencer, I didn't think I needed a maternity leave. So I love what I did. So I thought, you know, I'll just pop a baby out and get back to it. Like, what's the big deal? Women do it all the time. It'll be fine. Very naively. And that wasn't the case, right? So he was born and not only was I trying to heal physically and emotionally, and it was like this massive transition, especially the first time, especially becoming a mother the first time and suddenly not having any time for yourself. Suddenly the time with your partner looks different. Suddenly you've got all of these to-do lists and that mother mental load in your head, as well as then the pressure of making money, the pressure of shooting weddings for myself or the pressure of everything I had going on in my life before I became a mother was a lot. Um, so that first six months with Spencer was really tough and I feel like I didn't enjoy it. I don't have great memories of it. There was a lot of guilt associated with that because people are like, oh, it's this perfect newborn bubble and I, I didn't like it. <laughs> and I kind of even thought it after that had passed and obviously we have a great little relationship now, but after that time had passed, there was a lot of guilt in that. I should have enjoyed it. Like this was my first baby. Like, um, and then when we started to think about having a second, I was terrified. I was like, I do not want to have that experience. How can I do this differently? So I started to think more and intentionally about maternity leave and giving myself space and allowing myself space and time to adjust 
even though I have a child already, how am I going to adjust to becoming a family of four? How am I going to adjust to bringing this new little person in and actually bonding with him and, and enjoying it and just relishing in, the, in that little bubble, in that time where it is just about the two of you and you're trying to breastfeed and you're trying to do all these things. And so I came up with a plan and obviously the pandemic helped me because I, I was at home. I had to be at home and my business didn't exist anymore. But I came up with ways to make some extra money to put savings aside so I could still pay myself. And um, I came up with a plan of what that postpartum would look like and how I would protect that space and how long I wanted to take and all of these things. And so after Samuel was born, oh my God, Molly, it was like a haven. I adored that time. We, we got to like lie in bed and just soak in each other's presence. And I got to like take my time breastfeeding and I got to like just nourish my body and heal properly. And I got to seek out help when I needed it. That's, that was the, another thing with the first time. I didn't actually know who I needed to talk to. And so I had all these processes in place. And then after that maternity leave was over, I was like, oh, this is the experience that all women deserve. Not the first time. We can skip that. Like we don't need to learn from that. Like I've learned from that. Let's skip it. And let's just focus on what we can actually have as women, as mothers, and, and give ourselves permission to go for that experience. Um, and that's kind of how I discovered that that's what I wanted to help women with, because I don't want anyone to go through that first, that first experience. So I kind of fell into that. And then I, I didn't have an audience, right? So I had no one, no one knew I existed. I just had wedding clients on my Instagram, like no one knew what this was, right? So um, I started to think about the strategy for like growing my audience and how was I actually going to get out there and help people. Like if no one knows you're existing, you can't really help anyone. So that's how the virtual summits sort of grew as well. So I, I did my first virtual summit in May called The Pregnant CEO. Oh, it was amazing. It was planned over three days. I had over 350 women come that were all either pregnant or thinking about starting a family or even um, they might already be mothers and they're wanting to add to their family or some were even just business owners that wanted to come for the business side of things. Like it was a bit of a mix, but it was the most incredible way to go from having no one know about you, right? To them being able to create this platform and invite speakers and really nurture this audience and make sure they had the most impactful, amazing time. And then at the end of it, I then had an audience of 350 women that knew about me, um, that I could build relationships with, that I could say, hey, let's jump on a call and tell me what you're struggling with. How can I help? Like, from a real heart-centered place, not just like a money-making profit or a place, but actually let's think about the people, let's think about the impact. So that, that's kind of how I started to grow that brand. And since then I've done some private podcast feeds where people have to sign up to listen to it. They're kind of like, like little secret podcast feeds. I've done another big summit in September and now I have over a thousand women on my email list that I communicate with regularly that I'm, I'm here to help. So that's kind of fast track to that whole process because can you imagine how slow that would be if I just did a free resource on my website which I did actually have a website then but if I just did a free resource it would have like slowly trickled in and I was like no like I'm not patient anyway and I don't want to wait for that I want to help people as quickly as I can so let's fast track this okay I have so much to unpack here this is like <laughs> you're blowing my mind here and I knew some of this coming in, but this is the beauty of sitting across a table or across a screen from someone. Like you can learn so much from Instagram posts and website, but having the human connection, which I know is a huge priority, and you shared that, like you learn so much more about someone when you can sit down and talk with them. So I'm like 
as you're talking, my jaw's falling a little bit more <laughs> further open. So I'm going to go back to the beginning, talking about your postpartum experiences. And I think it's very, again, intuitive that you could be self-aware enough to kind of go through the first postpartum experience and say, what are the things that I did? What are the things that were from the environment? How am I going to retool this so I don't have to do this again? And I love that you were talking about that feeling of guilt, that motherhood guilt that we all feel regardless of if you have one kid, two kids, like they're four years old or 40. We all have this, I have, maybe I'm generalizing, but I feel like it's a shared experience to have this guilt that when we're working, we should be with the family or when we're with the family, we're letting things fall through the cracks in our business. And this is compounded for those of us who are self-employed or CEOs because if you want to take this time off, you need to, it feels like, grind to a halt and then what's going to happen? So I think that having that self-awareness to be able to unpack what happened the first time and then make adjustments so that your second postpartum could be a 180 and that enjoyable experience that you shared, that took so much deep work on your part to be able to make it that really beautiful time that you reflect back on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, so we only want two kids. So I knew this was like my last chance, if you will, to have that beautiful experience. And it was important to me. So yeah, thank you for saying that. That's really lovely to hear. But yeah, and I guess you're right. It did It did take a lot of thought and, and kind of inner work to figure out what I wanted. And I, I always say that to my clients as well. I think that's the first step. It's like, what do you actually want? Like what, forget about what your friends had, forget about what people say you need to take, forget about all of the external noise. If you slow down and you, you sit somewhere quiet, what do you want it to look like? Um, because we're all different. There's no like one size fits all. There's no cookie cutter approach that's going to, you know, suit everyone. Some women want to take three months and, and be totally unplugged. Some women longer, some women shorter, some women still want to have their finger on the pulse of their business and, and they don't want to actually step back completely, which again, is totally fine. Like it's, it's so important. And I think that's what makes it a perfect maternity leave in air quotes. I'm just doing for anyone that's listening. I think that's what makes it a perfect maternity leave. It's like, it's completely suited to you and your personality and what you actually want. It's not what everybody else says that you need to take. I love that. And that question at the root of it, what do you actually want is so essential. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to answer, but I love that you're guiding your clients through that. And I don't know, what is, is there like a standard maternity leave in Australia? Um, I think for people that work in jobs, like we get paid, we're very lucky. Most of my clients are in the States because over there it's rubbish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, right, yeah, right here, like we are lucky. The government does fund us for, I think it might even be like, is it eight to 10 weeks? Oh, they're changing it all the time as well. But um, yeah, like we are quite lucky here that it gets funded. So typically standard, I think with everyone that I work with that's self-employed is more around like the six week mark. I always encourage women to plan for longer because we just never know. There's no guarantees, right, of what that experience is going to feel like or look like. So we don't know what sort of birth you're going to have. We don't know what kind of sleeper and what kind of baby you're going to get. We don't know what's on the other side of giving birth. So I always recommend to plan for longer than you need. It doesn't mean you have to take it. 
but at least then you've given yourself space just in case you need a little bit of extra time. Um, so I, I think three months is always good to plan for. And then you can always come back earlier and, and jump back into the business if you feel like creative and passionate and energetic. And it's such a different energy to come back in with that rather than pressure and stress and anxiety. And I have to do this, right? We don't want that. We want that like excited, like, yep, I'm ready. Let's go type energy instead. Mm. Okay. So this is the perfect time to get more into some of those tips and those things that you walk your clients through tactically. So what are a few ways that CEO moms can plan for maternity leave so then they are prepared to take time away from the business? Yeah. So firstly, like we said, I won't go back into it too much. Firstly, figure out what you want is number one. Once you know what you want, then we can come up with a plan. So if you know, let's say you want to take three months off, what I encourage all women to do then is to do this like massive brain dump of all the things your business needs, all the tasks, all the stuff that you do on a daily, weekly, monthly, do a massive brain dump. Now that brain dump is going to be scary. It's going to take some time. Don't be freaked out by it, but we need to get it on paper because once you've done that, then what I encourage women to do is break it up. So you're going to break it up into three columns. It's going to be stuff that you can automate, stuff that you can outsource and stuff that you can batch in advance. Once you've got those columns and you've sort of made those three lists, then you can start working through things. And that's where I help my clients prioritize what's really important. Like, do you really need to outsource that or can you let that go? Do you really need to do this? Or maybe we add something else in but um, or streamline some stuff. But once you have all your tasks separated into those three columns, you can start working through them. And if you are already pregnant and you're thinking about this, I also want to encourage you to listen to your body. So we don't want you to get this strategy go gung-ho at it and then be like exhausted for when your baby arrives because that is not going to be the best experience for you. Instead, listen to your body. So that first trimester, you're probably feeling a little rough. Do the things that you can sit on the couch and be watching Netflix and maybe you're just like updating things on your phone or um, do the real easy stuff that doesn't take much brain work, right? Like the real easy stuff in that first trimester. Second trimester, generally you get a little spurt of energy and you're going to feel a little bit more motivated and energetic. So that's the stuff where you want to do like the hard, hard stuff, the copywriting, the sales sequences, the, the things that might take a little bit more of you in the second trimester. And then in the third trimester, we're naturally in a bit more of a nesting kind of energy. You know, you might be nesting in the house, doing all the baby clothes, same thing goes for your business. So that's when you're going to be like outsourcing stuff and sending things off to the VA and tidying things up and making sure you have all your processes recorded if, if you're going to be handing things off or um, make sure that you've got everything scheduled properly if you're just doing it yourself and scheduling it in advance. Like you're tying off the ribbon so that when you step away, you don't feel that guilt, Molly, because you know that you've done all the work. And I just want to add as well, if you don't get it all done, so I am a typical like type A, like high achiever, have massive lists, hardly ever get, get my, through my list, right? Because they're way too big. It's ridiculous. But if you're like me and you don't make it the whole way through, it's okay because you're still going to be in a better place having done three quarters of that work rather than none at all. So don't be so hard on yourself that you have to get it all done. Ideally, yeah. But if you don't get through it, that's okay too. You're still going to have a much better experience having started it and worked through some of it than you would having done none of it at all. Oh, that is so important to note because we put 
again, as women, we put so much on our own shoulders, whether Mm -hmm. it's the mom guilt or the to do's or just the like mental load of housework, parenting life. I love that you said, whether you get through all of the to do's or three fourths of them, you're still very far along on this preparation journey to leaving your business for a few weeks or a few months as you recover from birth and spend time with your baby. So I just had a personal question. How often or at what point do you recommend a client contacts you to start this planning process? I know you said that it takes a little bit of time to like do that process that you just walked us through. Do you tend to have clients that approach you more often before they're pregnant or in that first or second trimester? Um, I, I mean, ideally, like anything, right, the earlier the better. So most clients, it is when they're thinking about um, starting to try because then they can get all of this lined up before they actually go into morning sickness and, you know, all of that fun stuff happens. Um, but in saying that, you know, it's also never too late. So like using what we just said, you know, even if you came and started this work six months in and you only had a few months to go, um, I'm so sorry if you can hear my kids in the background. I, I can That's okay. It's screaming. perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's never too late. So even if you come six months in and only have a few months to go, we can still do the most vital things. I like to call them like the needle moving tasks. We can still get them done before the baby comes so that you can step away more than you would have been able to had you not done anything at all. Um, and because I guess the goal as well is we don't want, we don't want your business to stall. The whole point of this is so that you can take time away and come back to a business that's still profitable, that's still making money, that still has momentum, because otherwise, what's the point? So that's the whole reason why we do all this work. Um, so you don't have to experience your business. Yeah, it's coming, coming to a pause. This is so, so helpful. And I know there are many women on the other side of the speaker here who can either relate or they are furiously taking notes so that they are prepared when it's When they reach this season, I know that, so I've got four kids and my scenario in postpartum was different for every one of them too. Thankfully, my births were all very healthy, but I was like, I had different employment statuses. And so with my firstborn, I was a substitute teacher. So I just had unpaid time with my second born. I was employed at a high school, but as we kind of go back to that question of what do you want? I noticed that a lot of the teachers, like they would only take six weeks and that was kind of the norm. And I also, as a first year teacher at that point, I here in America, I didn't have all of that paid. So I had like three weeks paid, three weeks unpaid. And so I went back at six weeks and I still look at that and I think, how did I put my little six week old baby in daycare all day long? I just, I cannot believe that. And then with my other two, I was a stay-at-home mom and then I was starting this business slowly. So it's like every person listening, every mom, you're going to have like varying experiences and I think it's okay for that. But to your point about specifically for CEO moms, if you can plan and you can allow yourself some of that like forward thinking so that you can have the time to just bond and take care of yourself in the fourth trimester. I think about that for myself. I'm like, how different that would have been for me in those situations. And like, then feeling that pressure to like get back to work. Yeah. And I mean, like you do what you have to do, right? Like no, no guilt there because 
you had to go back in six weeks. Like you did what you had to do. And I'm sure um, your son or daughter that you put into daycare, like they're fine, you know. It's the same. She doesn't remember, same, right? Yeah. yeah, right. It's the same thing. So Spencer, um, when after he, well, similar after he was born, he was suctioned out. It was a whole. That's a whole birth story story. Um, but he was suctioned out, so he had a massive bruise on his head. So he went into like the intensive care nursery for a little while, and while he was in there, they supplemented him with formula, which was fine. Like I, I didn't know any different to say anything, but it meant that when I got him home, my supply wasn't really there because I wasn't feeding him as much as as my body probably could have or wanted to at the start, which again, first time I, I knew no different, but that was something that was really important to me to try, but I couldn't, it was just not there. And so after two weeks, um, he was pretty much all in formula after a couple of weeks. But again, it's like realizing second time around, I wanted to, ha- I wanted to try again. I wanted to have this beautiful breastfeeding experience because it was important to me. Spencer's fine, formula's there for a reason. There's no guilt there, it's what had to happen that's fine. But for me, it was then important to try and have this breastfeeding experience. So I think it's just so important in motherhood, especially, especially around the whole guilt thing. Your kids are fine. Like whatever you choose to do, mm-hmm. anyone that's listening, you know, you're a good person with good intentions. Your kids aren't going to be screwed up by a choice you've made. Like you're doing, you're doing a great job. So I think it's just important to let go of the guilt piece and go, okay, we, we do what we have to do. And then think around that like okay but what do i want next time or but what do i want what's important to me and then make decisions from there for your next experiences or for your experience coming up but it's it's so time to just let go of any guilt associated because our kids are fine <laughs> yes and that's that yeah the kids will be fine what do you want this i feel yeah. like that should be the title for this episode the kid is fine <laughs> what do you want mom this is great yes Kylie, <laughs> i think that you sharing this and putting it in a format that makes it feel approachable. I know that I'm a person who I can get paralyzed when I see the big picture and all the things that need to get done. So having this process that you can walk clients through just seems to break it down in a way that makes it so much more accessible for someone like me and feel achievable rather than this big momentous thing that I need to plan for amongst all of the other things. And now to kind of bring this full circle too about your virtual summit, when you were choosing the speakers and the collaborators on that event, like how did you go about bringing in people who could also facilitate moms on this momentous journey? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, of course. Great question. Um, I think because I'd been through those experiences, I spent a lot of time thinking about what I would want, right? Because I didn't have an audience to ask. Normally, if, if anyone listening is thinking about doing a virtual event and already has an, an existing audience, even online or on social, I always suggest go and see what, what challenges they're facing, see what questions they have, and then plan topics and speakers that will speak to that because that's the whole point of a virtual event or any kind of lead generation really is to solve people's problems. But I didn't have that. I had no audience. So I had to really step back and go, okay, so when I was in these positions, what did I struggle with? What am I struggling with now as a parent to, to little children? And then I actually went onto Instagram and just broadened my network of, of people that I knew, of experts that I knew, followed them for a little while, made sure that their content was super valuable. And not just that, but they were super lovely and super approachable. And I wanted to make sure the vibe of that first event was just this beautiful, warm, nurturing space that people felt safe to ask questions and 
going and approaching speakers with that in mind as well, that, that aligned with that kind of vibe that I was going for. And then I just sent like stacks of DMs. I'm a huge, huge, huge advocate, as you know, Molly, of voice notes. Like I voice note all the time. Yes. I love it. <laughs> um, so I just sent a lot and I, and I detached myself from the response because I think a lot of times fear can hold us back and, and that whole imposter syndrome thing is real. And it's like, who am I to reach out to this person? Or I had to stop that negative self-talk and go, you know what? What's the worst thing that could happen right now? They could say no. Would I be okay? Yeah. Actually, I'll be fine if they say no. It'll, it'll suck. I kind of wish they said yes, but I would survive that, wouldn't I? So like I had to really do a lot of um, self-coaching, I guess, to get over that. And I'm an introvert naturally. Like I'm an introverted person, not that you probably would think it right now, but um, naturally I'm an introvert. So like putting myself out there, like most people, it's a scary thing. So once I sort of got over that, sent a whole lot of voice notes. Most people said yes. I was blown away. And then we we're off to the races planning it. And oh, if anyone is thinking about doing and it is a lot of work but it is worth every single minute you, you put into it and it doesn't have to be complicated i think a lot of times we see these events that are really polished and really elaborate and use all this tech and it doesn't have to be that way you could host an online event where you do like we are you can meet on zoom you could stream it into a facebook group and call it a day like it does not have to be complicated and I think sometimes we get so stuck in making something perfect, and I know I do, and spinning our wheels. And whereas if we just stop, if we decide to do something and we take action, we're going to see results so much quicker. And that's what I'm really proud this year that I've been able to do what I've done and grow the audience size to the size that it is with the right kind of people. Because I mean, what's the point of a big audience if it's full of just people for the numbers, for the sake of numbers, right? So that was a really roundabout way of answering your question. <laughs> no, I think that's beautiful. I love the, first of all, you know that my little social media heart is just pitter pattering when you said that <laughs> you reached out to people via DMs, specifically voice memos, because I love them too. But I think that is such a great resource. And just as you said, we can get this weird feeling or this fear about reaching out to people who have the blue check mark or that have a certain follower count and think, oh, they're never going to get back to me. But I, I have the same mantra. What's the worst that could happen if I send this voice memo, if I make this ask? I have the, the same exact mantra. And if the worst thing that can happen is that they're going to say no, it's not that big of a deal. And I just, the networking power of bringing humans together by utilizing Instagram is such a beautiful thing, particularly in the season that we've all just experienced together where in the pandemic, we were so separated. That was just what a gift that we were able to connect through Instagram like that. And in particular for your summit, so you could bring people together to help all of these moms. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yes. I, I must say, I'm not, I get frustrated by social media. Um, especially if you get too stuck into the data and too stuck into analytics and the algorithm and all of the things. But when you actually stop and think of what we can do with it, what we can use it for, like I absolutely love connecting with people in my DMs and I spend most of my time there. If you go to my feed, I'm actually really bad at posting consistently because I got to a place where I was like, well, what's the point? No one's really seeing it. And for me, my home base or where people like to go is the podcast. So I just pour all my energy into there and go into Instagram for the DMs. And I think that's okay. I don't know. You tell me, Molly, but I think that's okay. <laughs> no, I think that's a great way to do it. And recently I've just 
been like kind of breaking apart what we do as business owners on social media. And there are these different, even though it's lumped together under social media marketing, there's strategy component, there's a content creation component, there's a community building component. And you can do all of those. I I call them the six elements. You can do all of them. But if you want to pull the lever on the community building and really focus on the DM side and really focus on leaving thoughtful comments and making intentional outreach, that's going to be a huge real relationship builder. And for a business that I think like yours, that is yourself called it heart-centered. Like when you're connecting with people on a human heart-centered level, making those personal outreaches is going to make such a big difference versus an inspirational post that you put out every day. So Mm. I think that you're a hundred percent on the right track. And I hope all the listeners out there, I mean, we're doing a bit of a tangent here, but I hope all the listeners out there can hear just like when you ask yourself what you want out of a maternity leave, what do you want to get out of this social media relationship? And do you want to get more eyeballs on it? Do you want to grow more intentional relationships? And then just know what activities on the app will make that happen for you. I think that's a really important distinction. Yeah, I love that. And and let go of any pressure or guilt. I I keep going on about this, but like it's, I feel like we have guilt about not posting three times a day or like we listen to this, this noise that tells us what we need to do. But you're right. If we can peel it back to what do you actually want to get out of it again? Like, and go from there. I think we're in a such like a, a more powerful place as a business owner to make more impact and to, to actually get further faster without spinning our wheels, just posting content. And I think your the success in getting 350 people to the first virtual summit, that illustrates the power of connecting with people on a human level. And I want to just ask you personally, what did you think as you saw those registrations come in? Were you like, oh my gosh, this exceeded my expectations entirely? Or were you like, I knew it. I'm cool, calm, and collected because I knew this was going to happen. Such a good question. And I'm a little embarrassed to answer it, to be honest, but I, I'm such a big dreamer. So I had a big vision and I still have a big vision. So I want thousands. So I was, I was happy. I was happy with 350. I mean, imagine speaking in a room full of 350 women, like I would be, I'd be very nervous. Um, I was happy with that amount. And especially as the event kicked off and I saw people's testimonials and, and the impact it was having, I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. This is good. But of course, my masculine side, my strategy side at the very beginning, as, as, as the registrations were coming through and they might not have been as fast or as much as I wanted, it definitely was a moment of like, oh, okay, I need to remember the reason. I need to remember the purpose. If I can impact one person, it's still worth it, Kylie. Like, let's remember that and not get too stuck in the data and the numbers. And then afterwards, of course, I, I was grateful for every single woman that, that arrived and and that had a great experience. But yeah, it was definitely a good test of my um, ability, I guess, to switch my mindset and, and to go into the grateful space and to go into the space of like, oh, let's peel it back. Remember the one. It's all about the one. Um, and I will get there to impact the thousands, I'm sure. <laughs> mm, I'm sure. And let's talk about similar to your postpartum experiences, like learning from the first one, making adjustments so you could approach the second one from a different space or from that aligned experience that you were desiring. So from the first virtual summit, what were some of the things you learned and what were some of the adjustments you made as you began planning and launching the second summit? 
Yeah. So the second summit was a little bit different because it was it was the CEO mum summit. So it was a bit broader. It wasn't about pregnancy. It was more about how do we build a business with kids at home, right? Or as a mum and as a business owner, how do we be wildly successful at both? So it was a little bit of a different topic, a little bit broader. The main tweak that I made was to put a limit, a time limit on the speaker's contributions because as busy parents, I didn't want the women that came to have to sit at the computer for like 45 minutes at a time to listen to this content. As valuable as it is as as busy parents, as busy business owners, who has 45 minutes half the time? I mean, even getting, as you mentioned, we had to postpone this three times to get an hour together. So (laughs) that was probably the biggest change. I I gave speakers 10 to 15 minutes. I said, don't do an intro. I will do an intro on your your page. Just get into the content. I want this to be value, value, value and, and full of impact. So that was probably the biggest change. And that was the biggest piece of feedback that I got that everyone loved was that they were short, they were sharp, they were just jam-packed full of value. Um, And then I also had a podcast feed for the summit as well. So then that um, really, uh, when I put that into the podcast feed, made a lot of sense because people could just listen and it was just, it wasn't the fluff, it was just the value. So I loved that. I will say the second summit got a little bit bigger than Ben-Hur. I ended up with like 42 speakers and it was five days and it was a whole thing. So that was a lesson in itself because bigger isn't always better. And whilst it was a great experience and I got great feedback and I think I had over 500 women come to that one. It was, it was amazing. I definitely, I don't have a team. It's just me. So I definitely need to peel that back and, and get better with my boundaries and it's saying maybe no, maybe next time when I get approached. But I mean, it's all, it's all lessons, isn't it? But it was still, it was still great. That's amazing. And then my, my personal, I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, I don't know how, how did you maintain energy? Five days of hosting a virtual summit, that would take a lot of energy work. And even um, to make things a little more complicated, I suppose, I did it in the US time zone. So because most of my clients and most of my audience are all based in the US and I'm in Australia, I was like, well, I want to make this as easy as I can for them. So I actually did it all in a US time zone, which meant that the presentations were going live at like 9 p.m. my time, which was like 7 a.m. your time. So it was it was interesting. Um, it definitely was a challenge to keep the energy up, but I just needed to make sure that I made decisions. So nothing else was booked in that time. My husband was on on board to be on kid duty for a lot of it. I had meals and things um, ordered so that I didn't have to worry about cooking. Like making some tweaks in my life to make sure I had space just in case. Um, and the best thing about the summits, the way I run them, it's, it's all pre-recorded. So it's all loaded up before we begin. So while the summit's running, I really just have to concentrate on loving on the attendees and, and being there to help them and engage with them and making sure everyone's in the right place and getting the right content. So it's not as, I guess, energy, like it, it doesn't take as much energy throughout the actual summit as you probably think as it would for like a live event let's say. Wow. This is so amazing. And I could talk to you forever about this. I'm like, my, the wheels are turning in my brain, but I know we're getting close on time here, Kylie. So before we begin to wrap up, I do have one more question. If anybody's listening and they are currently pregnant, they're considering pregnancy and they own their own business, what is one thing you would tell them to do right now so that they can get the best maternity leave experience for themselves. Get ahead of, of what you need to do and figure out, like you've heard me, I sound like a broken record, but figure out what you want. 
figure out what you want, have a discussion with your partner, figure out what you want it to look like. Um, and then we can make the plan. Then we can get clear on the how, but the first thing is what do you want? Mm. Kylie, will you share with listeners if they want more information about how you can help your clients, if they want to find the podcast or they want to get updates and information, if you have the next virtual summit or other offers in the future, where are the best places to connect with you online? Of course. So jump over to Instagram. So I'm just Kylie Kelly on Instagram. Send me a DM. You get bonus points for voice notes. Um, but if you have any questions, please come and just ask, ask them. I'm, as you can probably tell, I hope from this interview, I'm an open book. Nothing is off the table. So um, yeah, come. Um, I'd love to help you figure out what, whatever you're challenging with, what the next step is for you. And if you are interested in hosting a virtual summit, I actually have a private podcast series that I'm kicking it off next week. So when this airs, I'm not sure. It's probably well, well on the way, but it's, it'll always be available. So if you just go to kyliekelly.com slash private, um, it's just five episodes that delves into the how. So why, why virtual events are so powerful, but then how do you actually do it simply? As a CEO mom, how do you actually, how do you do this to grow your audience? So if you have problems of maybe you're creating offers and launching and no one's buying, maybe you're posting on social and no one's even seeing it. Maybe you're sending emails and no one's opening them. You don't have an offer problem, you've got an audience problem. So let's talk about how to build the audience full of the right people for you through a simple, simple virtual event so that then you can, you can be on a, a better foot, I guess, with, with your business. So that's kyliekelly.com slash private. That's totally free. Okay. While you were saying that, my head was like, okay, what does 2023 look like? Where can I insert a virtual summit? Okay. I need to go to that website and listen. Thank you. What a resource. We'll make sure that we link to it in the show notes. Um, Kylie, we have just a couple of minutes, but we always end the podcast with what was called the small talk round. And mm -hmm. I just ask some random off the cuff questions and I didn't send any of these to you to prepare. So are you game Love to it. play? Yes. Bring it. I love this. <laughs> All right. So right now in Australia, it's your summer season, correct? Yes. Going into summer. Going yeah. So late spring, early summer. What is your favorite thing about this time of year? Oh, I love it. So where I live in Australia, we have daylight savings. So the sun doesn't set until about 8 p.m., um, which you think with little ones is tricky. We have block up blinds. It's all fine for their bedtime. But I absolutely love those last few hours of light. So, for example, last night, was, it was a really hot day yesterday, unseasonably so, actually, for this time of year. But it was really hot. So after we put Samuel to bed, we took Spencer outside with some water balloons and we just had fun outside for like the last hour. It meant that he got to bed late, but I'm trying to be flexible with the whole mum stuff as well, a little bit, a little bit. Um, so we allowed him to stay up a bit late. We had fun outside. It was warm. You know, I just think they're the memories that I want to really make sure we have as a family and as an entrepreneurial parent it's for me it's easy to work i love working right like i would Same. sit at my desk and work whenever i can but i'm starting to think i'm I, i'm getting ahead but really if i take a few hours off is that going to really impact things probably not so i'm starting to ask myself and my husband the question of like so as a family like what do we want to do what do we want Friday afternoons to look like. So perhaps as a family, we go to the beach on Fridays. Perhaps as a family, we have a barbecue every Sunday. Perhaps as a family, like what are these things that I want to start to do that are then going to become memories for our kids or memories for us as we get older? 
Um, so just being a bit more intentional with that. But yes, that's my favorite thing at the moment with this time of the year. That's beautiful. I love that. All right. Question number two, when you're at your desk working, what are mm-hmm. two things that are within arm's reach at all times? My bottle of water, which actually is not here, but it's massive. I always get, um, I like to have, I like to know how much I'm drinking. I always have like a three liter bottle of water on my desk. Um, and my phone is always here. Oh, and actually, let me share this with you because I'm getting into my woo-woo side a little bit more. I actually have some Oracle cards. I don't know if you can see them. Ooh, I think I, my, oh, did you get those from Nina? Or did yes, you, that I the did. Okay. Yes. Like I've seen those. I yes, they're love amazing. She does her daily draws and shares them with us. Yes. And do you know what is insane? And for anyone that's already more woo than me, they're not going to be surprised. But I just, it blows me away how accurate they are when I sit down with intention and I do a, a, a pull a card and it's exactly what I need to hear or see for that day. It just blows me away. Mm, so fun. I have this book called The Universe Speaks. And it's supposed to be like, it's written. So when you just like flip to a page, it gives you the message and it's very similar, like different messages, but you just seem to land on the right one for that is needed in the moment. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So much more work than we know. (laughs) Yes. Last question. What is something on your 2023 professional bucket list? Oh, that's a good question. I have things on my to-do list. So I know I'm doing four summits next year. Four. Wow. Yeah. So I want to do um, my two summits every six months. So I want to do four summits next year, which is exciting. I'm launching a, a new program at the end of next month, which I'm very excited about, about summit planning. My bucket list. Oh, Molly, it's probably to do more podcast interviews and speak more because I love connecting. I love connection. And whilst I don't think that that is like, you know, jumping off a bridge or like this massive, like outlandish goal, it's probably the most important one to me. So yeah, I think that would be on my bucket list to get on more podcasts, to talk, to show people how easy summits can be and how powerful virtual events are, because I'm super passionate about it, as you can tell. Um, Yeah, I think that would have to be it. Well, Kylie, I am so grateful for your time today. And I just can't thank you enough for sharing your wisdom and your insights. And I know that there are so many women who listened to today's episode and had some major takeaways that they will be taking forward with them in this next season of life. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening in to The Found Podcast. If you loved what you heard in today's episode, please head over to The Found Podcast on iTunes or Spotify and leave us a review. It means so much to know how you think about these episodes where I pour out my heart or to know what strategies you found most effective from our guest experts. While you're there, you can also check out that library of 100 plus episodes of stories of female founders and successful strategies for getting found in your business. Thank you again for being here this week and I'll be back with even more in next week's episode.